Hi, it's Mark Zimmerman, Chief Operating Officer of Renters Warehouse Houston. We're a property leasing and property management company for residential rentals in Houston, Texas. Anyway, so glad that you decided to click and watch this video on how to put together a rehab crew to fix up that property that you just bought, right? Uh, that you're hopefully gonna buy, fix up and sell or buy, fix up and rent. So let's get right into it. I'm gonna move quick, but we're gonna hit, cover some good information. So. Hey, you bought an investments property, hopefully. Yeah, all right, yay, woo. And uh, hopefully you bought it at a little bit of a discount. That'd be great, especially if it needs repairs, which is what we're talking about here. Uh, hopefully you kind of got an idea of what those repairs are gonna cost. That's important before you make an offer on a house is to know how much repairs are gonna cost. And then hopefully you know what the after-repaired value or ARV is, right? What will it be worth after I fix it up? Those are things that you need to know before you even make offers. Hopefully you know what you're doing. If you have questions about after-repaired values and the formula you use to purchase properties at a discount, there's another video for that, but we're not gonna talk about that right now. That's a whole nother big, big discussion. So you bought a property that's fantastic, that's great. Yes, you're exactly right for you new guys out there and gals. The rehab is sometimes the scariest and hardest part of the process. Sometimes it's easy to find a house to buy. Sometimes it's easy to sell a house that's fixed up nice. It's that rehab portion, that repair portion that gets a little muddled. And I understand that it gets a little crazy. So you're probably asking yourself, all right, I bought this house, right? How, who do I get to rehab it? Uh, where do I find them? How do I make sure I don't pay too much? Uh, how do I make sure that the job goes correctly? What do I do to make sure I don't get burned? I know you've got these questions, especially if you're new, and those are all valid questions we all have, right? So I'm gonna help you with that real quick. So first, number one, where do you find a crew, right? You need somebody to fix up the house. Here's what I do. I go to Lowe's, I go to Home Depot, I go to multiple Lowe's and multiple Home Depots around the property that I purchased, okay? I start pulling off cards over by their contractor desk. They used to have bulletin boards where people put cards on. Some have them still, some don't. Do what you can to get as much information at those big box stores on possible contractors that you could use and pull those cards off, get that information. You see a bunch of their pickup trucks with their signs on the door, introduce yourself, or at least take down their number so you can call them, right? Get as many as you can there. I want you to talk to your friends, your acquaintances, your fellow real estate investors, shocker, and ask for referrals. Referrals are a great way to put together a crew and feel comfortable about who you're gonna use. So ask them, hey, I think you, didn't you say you fixed up a house a couple months ago? Who'd you use? Can I get their information? Look on Craigslist. I know Craigslist has a reputation for products being a little sketchy. That's okay. For services, it's still a really good place to go to find services, people that are offering their services out. Do that on any type of Craigslist place, right? Um, go through and get those names down. Another thing, go to real estate meetings, kind of like the third Wednesday of the month uh, super investor meeting that we put on every month on third Wednesday. There's vendors there as our, our, play, our, our meeting. Talk to the vendors, get their information. So got lots of places where you can find contractors for, to put onto your list. Hopefully you can put together eight, maybe 10 contractors doing all this. So what's next? You gotta call them, right? You gotta make contact. So call every single contractor that you found that you were referred to, every single one of them. Tell them that you're a residential real estate investor. Tell them that you buy several houses a year and tell them that you're looking to add another crew to your team. None of those are lies, even if you're a brand new investor because you are a real estate investor. Hopefully you're successful and you'll do this more than once. So you are going to buy several houses this year and you are looking to add a crew to your team. None of that's a lie. Tell them that though, because that's going to make them know that this is a repeat client for them and you'll get better pricing and maybe better performance. 
Tell them each when you talk to them that it's a major rehab and you'd like to meet them at the property at the same time and same day. Now, don't tell each contractor that you're gonna have everybody come at the same day and time, but tell the contractor to meet you at the property at the same day and time. What I mean by that is, I'm talking to contractor A, hey, meet me at the property at Saturday at one. Talk to contractor B, hey, meet me at the property Saturday at one. Tell them all that. There's a reason for that that we'll get to in a second. When you do that, and the day comes, and you're at the property, all 10's gonna say they're gonna show up. They always say they're gonna show up. And probably eight will actually show up. That's okay. You lose two contractors right off the bat that didn't even bother to show up when they said they would. Good rates, perfect. So that's all right. So now you got eight contractors standing around their trucks, waiting, whatever, and guess what? One or two contractors that did show up are gonna look around and see that there's other contractors there, and they're gonna be like, uh, no. I'm not gonna compete for your business, and they're gonna leave. And that's okay. You want that too. If they're not willing to compete a little bit for your business, you do not want them. So good riddance, goodbye. I just knocked out another two. So now I've knocked out four contractors out of my original 10. I got six left. I'm like, yeah, all right. So I got my six contractors that all stayed the course and they're there. I want you to walk through the property with them. But before you do that, you're going to tell them a few things. You're going to tell them, number one, you need two detailed line by line quotes, hopefully room by room, one for materials and one for labor. Okay. Tell them that um, depending on the state that you're in, that you're either going to order the materials for them, for them to just pick up at wherever, Lowe's, Home Depot, or tell them that you will pay them for the materials portion that they put down, and then they can go pick it up. Now, you're going to need to confirm the pricing on the materials, hence is why we get a separate materials list. So, for what I do, you know, what I've done is I just go ahead and buy the materials and just have them scheduled to pick up. Right now, you're not paying for the markup. You've got control of the materials. I can tell you that one of the ways the contractors can kind of get over on you is they'll order more materials than they need, have you pay for them, and then they'll use them on the next job that's materials and labor included, and you just bought somebody else's paint for them, and they got a free deal, or they that you just paid for a bunch of sheetrock that you know was never going to be used on your house. That's why you want the two separate lists to be able to quantify. Don't tell them all that though, of course, but tell them about you know either paying the materials and having them pick them up, or you'll pay them for the materials and they can go pick them up, either one, based on their list. Now, um, you also need an exact completion date. Uh, since your contract has a penalty that's gonna you know, happen each day they go over, mine's 150 bucks. Every day they go over the, the end date, they get charged 150 bucks. Tell them there will be a penalty date, so they need to have an exact completion date. Tell them that you're gonna pay them one draw in the middle of the job and one at the end. Considering that you're going to buy the materials, whether you do it, whatever your state says, on your own or through the contractor, they don't need any money up front. I need some money to get started. No, you don't. It's labor only, what I'm providing here. So, hey, where I work, I work two weeks and I get paid. I don't get paid and I work two weeks. So guess what? If you can't wait two weeks to get paid or one week or three weeks, depending on how long the job is for that in the middle uh, rehab draw, then that's probably not a good fit either. So... And then tell them that you'll pay at the end the final 50% or whatever's remaining after the final punch out list is done. So you tell them those things up front so they know what they're getting into. I want you to walk with all the contractors through the house and explain everything that you want done. By doing it together with everybody as a group, everybody's on the same page. You don't have to worry, did I tell contractor A this, but I forgot to tell contractor B? No, everybody's on the same page. Tell them to ask lots of questions. The more questions they ask, the more comfortable I feel about them because this is a big deal. Make sure that you again get details on everything. So 
not just room by room, line by line, but let's take, for example, paint interior. Paint interior of living room, labor only, whatever dollars. Sounds detailed, but what does paint interior really entail? Does that mean they're gonna paint the walls and the trim, the door trim and the baseboards and the ceiling? Or just the walls? Or just the trim and the walls? I don't know. So you need to have them give you details of that because there'll be a lot of um, sad folks if it doesn't come out the way you thought it was gonna be because the contractor thought something completely different. Tell them that they got three days to get the estimate together. That's plenty of time to get the estimate together. Tell them you're not gonna base that estimate solely on price, but also on how the information is delivered and how quickly in the details and on the content, okay? And also tell them that once you bring on a crew, you're gonna use that crew for next jobs as long as they continue to perform and on budget and on time. That tells them you're a repeat customer and you'll get a better price. So when you get those estimates in, all the contractors, all six, let's say, will say that they're going to give you an estimate in the next three days. In reality, a couple of them aren't. And that's okay. Again, I just weeded out two more. I went from 10 to eight to six to four. And that's great. Now you're not wasting your time with some, some people that ain't gonna be a good fit for you or do a good job for you. So now you probably got four estimates that are coming in, right? I want you to take those four estimates, labor and materials broken out, I want you to compare each of the four estimates against your own rehab checklist to make sure that they did put in everything that you asked and each one of them put in everything that you asked, materials and labor. I want you then to compare each estimate to each other, the four. Lay them down and look at them. Make sure that they also match up. This is a really good way to see if somebody's getting over a little bit on you on the materials cost because if three of the four estimates of materials are roughly X amount and another one's 50% higher, you know that somebody's trying to play a little game on you. So it's a really good way to kind of keep in check the materials. So again, like I said, um, room by room, detailed estimates are the best for me. One for labor, one for materials. So now you're looking at the estimate, you're like, oh man, I, how do I pick? Well, don't just use price. Look at how detailed it is. Did they do room by room, labor, room by room, line by line materials? How long did it take them to get you the estimate? Did they ask more questions? Were they professional? Um, what does your gut say? Do not discount your gut. Your gut sometimes is your best friend. And at the end of the day, don't, again, just go with the lowest bidder. Take all that in consideration when you pick who you wanna go with. Now, call the winning contractor to let them know that you won. That's great. Tell them you'd like to meet one more time. You can meet them at the job that they're on, whatever, to execute a subcontractor agreement and also to iron out any details uh, on the house, right? So like maybe even negotiating the end date. Also what I want you to do is I want you to call the losing contractors and tell them they didn't win, that you went with somebody else. It's just common courtesy. And for me, maybe there was a second place finisher that was really good, but not just quite as good. And when I need to bring on another crew, I might go back to that one, right? Um, I hope again that you're so successful at this that you're doing maybe where you need more than one crew. And in that case, you wanna keep those other ones in your back pocket, right? Especially the second place finishers, so do that. Subcontractor agreement. So you're meeting with the contractor that you uh, awarded the job to at his a job that he's on or at the coffee shop and um, you wanna get them to execute a subcontractor agreement. Now, the subcontractor agreement, you can get off the web. There's tons of examples on the web. You can ask someone to share one that they have. That's all great. Just know that you wanna make sure that there's some things that you have to have in that subcontractor agreement. Number one, a firm start date and a firm end date. Negotiate that, that's fine. Everybody has to feel good about both those dates so they don't already start off the process or the job unhappy. 
So negotiate that out. Again, there's a penalty per day for going over the end date with a weather exception. I do $150 a day for every day they go over, make sure that's in the agreement. Scope of work. Well, what I do is I just say see attached estimate and I attach their estimate that they gave me to the agreement, so now I don't have to retype anything. Then you want in the agreement an explanation about how the mid rehab draw works and how they're gonna get paid. You wanna talk about the final punch list in that agreement, how that works and how they're gonna get that final payment. Um, and then any general information you wanna have in the agreement too, always in writing, uh, for about expected behavior. For example, do not put the AC on 60 degrees and keep the doors open while you're painting. Yes, it keeps you cool and let the fumes go out, but it also gives me a $600 electricity bill on a vacant house, which is crazy. Maybe you tell them they, uh, they can't smoke in the house. Um, maybe you tell them that if they gotta pee, they gotta go pee somewhere else. Uh, not in a bucket, I don't know. But make sure that you put in the things that you expect them to do uh, in that agreement. So next steps, right? So you found your property, you found your contractor, they signed the agreement. Next step is, of course, to go pre-order all the items on the materials list, right? Uh, I like to do this because I have control over the brand of paint, the color of paint, the type of fixture, the cost of the fixtures, the type of the tile, the cost of the tile, the type of the luxury vinyl flooring, which we like to put in now, the cost, all of that. You can control everything. I like doing that. I get it all pre-ordered at the contractor's desk. Uh, I use Lowe's because I have a line of credit with them. And uh, I just put everything on my line and then I pay it off when my rehab funds come in from my hard money lender. That's how I do it. But anyway, um, go ahead and pre-order pre all of those materials. And um, just know this, for me personally, I would rather go to a one-stop shop, right? Where I can get everything rather than run around, go to the plumbing supply, plumbing supply store, the electrical place, the lumber yard to save a little bit of money. Me personally, it's worth paying a little more to be able to buy it all at one place and put it all on my line of credit so I don't have to worry about it, okay? Then what you wanna do is you wanna get your contractor and find out what day and time they can pick up all the materials and schedule that. You'll wanna tell the big box store or wherever you use who's picking it up, their name, their driver's license number, and then guess what? Now you don't have to deliver all that stuff. The contractor will swing by, pick up all the materials with your trailer and take it to the house. Wonderful. Now remember that if you have, you're in a state where um, if you pay for the materials, they're not considered a 1099 independent contractor, then you're gonna have to pay the contractor and then he's gonna have to turn around and pay for the materials that you selected with the money that you sent him. So that way they fit under that tax rule. Again, check your local um, you know, rules for that. Talk to your, your tax accountant or your tax attorney. But just know that uh, you gotta give them enough time to do that. Right? Give them some time to get the money into their account, let it process, and then go and pay for the materials. All right, move along. All right, so, yay! We got all that handled. Now it's time to start the job. I want to tell you one thing. Be a stalker. Be a stalker. I want you to be a huge stalker on your property. Those who do not stalk get screwed over by their contractor. And what I mean by that is this. On the agreed start day and start time, 8 o'clock a.m. tomorrow morning, be there, be there. First day, heck yeah. You want to show the contractor that you're involved, that you're gonna oversee the process, and it sets the tone right off the bat that you're not gonna be some out-of-state investor that's not even paying attention to what they're doing, okay? Very important. Along those lines, I try not to purchase properties that I can't go buy every couple days at. I don't buy properties out of state. I don't even buy them out of other cities if they're too far. 
I try to stay in the area that I live in so that way I can easily go by the job or by where I work so I can easily go by the job. But that's up to you, but that's my own personal preference because I want to make it easy because you need to drive by the property either every day or every other day. Sorry, but you do. You want to make sure that they're working on your house and you want to make sure that at 3.30 or 4 p.m. they're at your house and you want to make sure at 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock they're at your house. Seriously. So just know this. Contractors are famous for starting a job, showing up for the first couple days, yeah, look at me, and then disappearing to go on another job and they offer your job for a week. That's because they're stacking jobs, trying to get as much work as they can, and your job is going to suffer. And the longer it takes to get done, the more money's coming out of your pocket on your hard money loan, or if you did this in cash on when you can start getting money in for a rental or get money in from a sale. Money's just falling out of your pockets for every day that this job doesn't get done. So you better think about that when you're in this rehab, okay? So the way you do that to make sure they don't disappear on another job is to go by every day or go by every other day. This it is what it is. Sorry. So, let's talk about the mid-job draw. The mid-job draw. All right. So, halfway through the rehab, your contractor's going to want to get paid because you said in the contractor's agreement that you were going to pay him halfway through the job. That's fine. He understands, based on the agreement, that it's for stuff that's only 100% complete, right? And it's for completed items up to 50% of the budget, although you can wag a little bit on that. So schedule a day and time to meet at the property with your contractor when he says that he wants his 50% or halfway done job draw. Walk the property with him. Visually inspect everything that he says he wants done and you're gonna have a written list. If he says that the tile is done, make sure that the tile's done. The grout is in, the tile's in, it looks good. Check, I'll get that paid. He says that the entire house on the inside has been painted. Make sure it looks good. Make sure there's not any paint flops. Make sure it's all done. He did every single room. Anything that's not 100% done, you do not pay for. And they're going to cry and they're going to scream. But hey, I know I didn't get the grout done, but we're going to get the grout done today. Please put the tile in. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. 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 So 100% complete when you're there is what they get paid on. So if you're using a hard money lender, just submit the proper draw request. Turn that into your lender. And... Uh, They'll go ahead and send you the money, and you can in turn send the money to your contractor, but make sure you tell your contractor when he's going to get the funds or she's going to get the funds, all right? It's very important that you give them a timeline for money and that you stick to it. Nothing's worse than telling them they're going to get paid tomorrow for that mid-draw, you know, mid-job mid draw, and then you don't pay them tomorrow. So make sure you're on top of that. Just know this, the mid-job draw will give you a very good idea if the contractor is going to hit their expected completion date. It's also gonna allow you to address anything halfway through the rehab that's maybe not done right. I hate how that looks, change that, that looks like hell, okay? So, very important. Final payment, final payment, all right. So the contractor says, I'm all done. Well, they always say they're all done, and guess what? They're never all done. They understand because you told them at the beginning, you told them in the agreement that there's gonna be a final walkthrough. So schedule that final walkthrough with your contractor. Take your original estimate, along with your mid-job draw completed list, so that way you're not paying for stuff you already paid for once, and then go through the property and write down a final punch list of everything that needs to be done. Oh, wow, there's paint slopped on the baseboards. Oh, they didn't put an outlet cover over that outlet down there in the living room. Whatever it is, walk through. The tile's cracked over here. There's always going to be stuff on the final punch-out list. That's okay. I've rehabbed over 400 houses. I have great crews. Not once have we ever not had a final punch-out list. 
They all tell me, oh, Mark, at some point you're going to walk through and you're never going to have anything to write down. I would love that. It's not a game. I'm not trying to write down stuff. I would love it if you could make that happen, but it hasn't happened for me yet. And that's okay. So one thing that I would recommend is maybe bringing a third party with you. You know, a wife, a husband, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a good friend. I don't know. Somebody you trust. Your mom. Walk, come with you. Have them come with you for the final uh, punch-out list and walk the property with you. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to take a crappy, crappy house and you're going to have it done. And at the very end, when it's almost done, you're going to be so wowed by how fantastic the property looks that you're going to be like, whoo, and you're going to miss all this little stuff. But guess what? A prospective buyer or a prospective renter, depending on which way you're going on this, is going to see it with fresh eyes. They're not going to know what it looked like. And they're going to be like, man, look at that paint slopped over there and that crappy tile over here and that cabinet's crooked over there and that's broken over there. And you're going to be like, how do I miss all that? Bring in a third party that hasn't seen the house before and have them walk it as if they're a prospective buyer. Or do it yourself, but man, you got to put on that buyer or renter's hat, okay? Go through and write everything down on the punch out list. And then when you come up with that list, however long it is, you have your contractor sign it so that way he understands these are the things that he has to get done to get paid. Now, do not pay anything while you're walking that property. And they're going to go like, oh, I need something. But sorry, don't do it. Wait to pay him until it's completely done or you're going to get put on the hook. Um, if you do pay him, they're never going to come back. I promise you. Those little tiny things are not going to get done. So don't pay him. I will say, like I said at the beginning, the last 5% of a rehab is the hardest stuff to get done. But this is how you get it done got to be kind of hard on this one, man. You got to have some tough love. So schedule another day and time to meet when he thinks he can get everything done or she or the contractor can get everything done. And then go walk it through again. You don't need to take somebody the second time, but walk through and make sure those items are complete. If they're still not complete, hold firm. Don't give me money. Go, come on, man. Uh, but if they are complete, that's great. Go ahead and tell them they're going to get paid. If you're using hard money like I do, submit that request to your lender. So that way they can tell you when the funds are going to be in your account and then tell the contractor when you'll be able to pay them, pay them. And then again, give them a realistic expectation and time and when that payment will be available to them and then stick with it. People get really upset when you say you're going to pay them tomorrow and then you don't. So make sure that it's the right day and time that you're going to do this. All right. Something you might want to think about. Pay a completion bonus. Something I've always done. I've been told that no one does it, but I got great crews that stick with me through thick and thin. What I do is if they, if they get done on time or even early, if they got done on budget or under budget, maybe they've figured out some ways to save me some money. I got one crew, the guy, he'll, he'll save all the extra paint that we have on a whole bunch of houses and then mix it all together to make a custom paint and then use that, you know, in a house on the outside trim or something. And then I don't have to buy paint again. He'll save pieces of granite from a big countertop cutoff that he can use on a small vanity on the next job. I reward that because you want your contractors to think that way. Mine is pretty simple. It's 5% of whatever the labor only bid was if they do a good job and get done earlier on time. So if it's an $8,000 labor only bid, I'm paying them 400 bucks, right? 5% 8,000, carry the one, take off my shoes, count on my toes. I pay in cash. And I do that because I find that my contractors get very happy when I pay in cash because that way they can go to the fishing store without telling their wives and get that next new thing that they want to get and can do it kind of on their own. So anyway, great way to build camaraderie, but to also pay back a little bit. And $400 on a 
$20,000 or $16,000 rehab, you know, when they get done early is, is, is totally something I do every time because I think it's important. So that's it. That's how you find a crew. That's how you get them to put down in writing what they're going to do, get the expectations set. That's how you're going to pay them. And that's how you're going to keep them on track. I hope this was of value to you. If you have any questions, you can go to renterswarehouse.com, click on locations down to Houston, send us an email through that, and I will absolutely answer anything that you need. But again, I wish you on your journey, whether this is new to you or something that you've been doing for a while, and I absolutely hope that you are super successful on your next rehab. Mark Zimmerman, Chief Operating Officer, Renters Warehouse Houston, I'm out.